us. I think we can start the meeting or creating. Recording in progress. Morning once more, honorable members and officials. Morning, Chair. Morning, morning. Chair. Good morning, morning Chair. Yeah, morning, Chair. Morning, morning. Let's let's start our meeting. It's Friday today. It's if things goes well, at least by 12, we need to be out of this meeting. I don't know whether you agree on that, but we're not going to leave anything behind. Uh, the meeting is officially opened. I wish to welcome everyone who is in the meeting with the expectation that Saika has already joined us, which we are grateful to be with them. We understand that they were busy with a conference in Cape Town, which we wish all the best in their new Lantica conference of them. Lindy? Sure. Introduction is critical on this one because we've got uh, people that are not uh, honorable members and that are not part of us. Can we do that first? Is Salga in? Yes, the person who are in. Thank you very much. My name is Nongo Simvana. I am the member of the committee. I am given an opportunity to chair uh, for the portfolio committee. Uh, I will request uh, other members to also introduce themselves. Just put on the, 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 the video and then switch it off. Can we go to the next honorable member that's present? Um, good morning, good morning, colleagues. Uh, sorry, Leticia, you go. Hi, good morning. I am Leticia. I am a member of the, this portfolio of social development. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leti. Good morning, colleagues. I'm Liesel van Amarva. I'm also a member of the Portfolio Committee on Social Development. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Good morning, um, Chair. My name is Paul Nitte. I'm a member of the portfolio. I'm from the EFF. Thank you. Thank you, Paul Nitte. Good morning, Chairperson. Alexandra Abrams here. Good morning. And Chairperson, I'm sure the Honourable Aris um, may not know this, but she does need to change her background um, from a party regalia to a normal background. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, all. Humble apologies. Thank you. Thank you for reminding her. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Good morning, Chair. I'm Gisela Opperman, and I'm a member of the Portfolio Committee. <laughs> Morning, Gisela. 
good morning uh, chairperson good morning honorable members chairperson my video is well your network uh, honorable stock my connectivity is somewhat connected to the stage thank you i'm sorry for this thank you Thanks. very much uh, honorable stock the next one Good morning, my name is Bridget Masango. I'm the member of the Portfolio Committee. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you. Uh, they are still... Morning, Chairperson. Members. Yes. My name is Kensani Bilangolo. I'm the member of the Portfolio Committee. Thank thanks. you, Kate. Thanks, thanks, Kate. And, and there is a member that is outstanding. I don't know whether he, she has already joined. Jane, I don't see her. Well, we will give her an opportunity to introduce herself when she joins. Can we then uh, give a chance to Salga team to introduce themselves? Thank you, honorable members. Good morning, Honorable yes. and the Portfolio Committee. <laughs> I am I am Nozibele Makanda, the Portfolio Head for Health, Community Services, and Inclusivity at Salga. With me is Mandu Malane, Miss Mandu Malane. Um, Mandu, please open your video if you are connected. She is the specialist responsible for social development at Salga. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Again, I um, wish to tender our apologies for our national chairperson for this portfolio. She is uh, she could not join us due to the conference proceedings starting now at nine as well. So we are fully representing Salga. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nozi. Thank you very much, Nozi. And we really appreciate for your presence. We understand, as I have said in the opening, that. I know that you are busy with your conference and definitely the last day is very critical for the resolution. So we really appreciate that. That's why we're not going to hold you for a long time here so that we are able to join even the other one, the conference. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Lindy, with whom are you in the platform? Uh, good morning, Chair and, and members. We have uh, your support team, uh, consists of Yoli, um, Siafuya, Tandi, and Fungile. Uh, I didn't receive any apology from our legal advisor. And we also have a, a state law advisor from the Justice Department, Liz Naito. She's also with us. So from the uh, support, we have those um, support team members. Uh, member Mudang, she has just joined while I'm speaking to you. She's, all, she's also present. Thank okay. you very much. Honorable Mutawung, can you introduce yourself? Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Morning. My name is uh, and the colleagues. 
Und offizielles Beginn ist Anastasia Botaum. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much, Anastasia. Uh, for now, we have managed to introduce ourselves all. At least we understand who's in the meeting and who's not in the meeting. If anyone joins and we are not aware of, uh, Ulindi will also indicate on that. We are also uh, grateful to have that uh, justice, the legal advisor from, the, from justice is with us. We also wish to make a special welcome to, to her. Then if that is the case, will you please, Lindy, flight the agenda? Because I know for a fact that what is following in the agenda, it's apologies. Thank you very much, Lindy. Uh, there is the confirmation of attendance of the MPs and also officials. Do we have TSD, Lindy, with us? Hey. Hello? Sorry, Jen. No, sorry, I was, I was muted. I was trying to unmute. Um, I send the invitation for to Isabella, who's the DDG, and to the PLO. Um, they, they, they should have been attending, um, especially the uh, respective DDG, just to take note of issues that will um, um, emanate from the discussion. Um, I don't see anyone of them as yet. They can just confirm if there anyone. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Lindy. Can we then go to the apologies, Lindy? Do you have Chair, any? I've received only one apology okay. uh, from Member Stock, who will be in and out of the meeting. Um, I think she will be out uh, for 30 minutes and then rejoin the meeting. I think she is transiting to somewhere. So that is the well, apology. And I also wish to inform you, Chair, that Mama Jane just joined while I'm speaking. Okay, let's give over to Mama Jane to also introduce herself. Otherwise, we have taken note of uh, the message from Honorable Stock. We understand that she was in the house and she, in fact, he did very well in the house yesterday as a member of the cluster and the leader of the Can we chance to honor the Mangani? I'm sure she's struggling to join. I'm just problematic to our catches. I've just joined seemingly. Introduce yourself, uh, honorable member because we've got a team that is not aware of us, that is, that doesn't know us. Okay. My name uh, is Jane Wakamangani, the member of the Committee of Social Development. Thank you. 
Danke, Mifro. Hey, can we then go to, because DSD, I don't see anyone. Sorry, Chair. There is yes. a, a omitted to inform the committee that Marsha Honolo is also here, the one who traveled with us in all the provinces. She's, she's in this meeting. Thank you, Chair. Okay. Yes, we, we, we will. Yeah, in fact, we are very happy for her to, to join us because really we can't be repeating ourselves or starting afresh in terms of the information. Uh, the ones that were with us are very helpful in terms of knowing what was raised in the public hearing. So we really appreciate her presence with us. So it's Mashono Noyedwa Okoy from DST. Chair, I'm also here as the special advisor. Thank you, Sabina. Okay, special advisor. Thank you very much for you. Mashono, introduce yourself. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, and good morning, members. My name is Mashono Lasibopela. I'm from DST. Honorable Chair, I have my colleagues with me. I have Advocate Bukawa here in the room with me. Ms. Noctulambofu, she's here with me as well. I have my other colleagues who are connected online. Dr. Mabe is responsible for adoptions. Ms. Masemola, she's responsible for orphans and vulnerable children. I have uh, our colleagues from ministry, Mesibina and Tulani. I have my colleague for responsible for the CPR, Dr. Mashiani. Thank you very much, Chair. I would like to tender an apology for my DDG. She's busy chairing another meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mashonono. At least you are a team. It's not just individuals that are present which will make our things very easy in the meeting. We best not to keep you so long so that you can be able to join other commitments. Thanks, thanks, DST. Uh, uh, can we go to the adoption of the agenda? Is there anything that we think we have to discuss today except that uh, those items, in fact, that one of briefing, by Salga, and then discussion, and then close the meeting. Can I see a hand that adopts the agenda? Bridget. Thank you, Chair. I would like to um, uh, adopt the agenda, please. Thanks. Thank you, Dispoon. Can we then carry on by getting a seconder on this? Seconded, Chair. Oh, well, Honorable Mangani seconds the, the adoption of the agenda. It means then we go straight to the briefing. The next item is the briefing by Salga. Uh, Mrs. Makanda will give direction who is going to do the presentation whether she likes to start and give over to whoever, then we we'll give, are giving them a platform for now. Salga, over to you. 
Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I will lead the presentation and Mandu will be supporting me in responding to the questions, Honorable Chairperson. Further, oh, um, before I start, let me pass my greetings to you, Honorable Nongo Simvana, and to the members of the Portfolio Committee and to my colleagues uh, in the DSD team. And really appreciate the opportunity granted to us by the Portfolio Committee. What I would like to start with, Honorable Chairperson, is to look into what informs local government's mandate on ECD. Uh, the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, which provides in the Bill of Rights a broad rights-based policy imperative that applies to all, including children of all ages, which should be promoted, protected, and fulfilled by all spheres of government. And Schedule 4, Part B of the Constitution lists child care facilities as a local government function. Then the Section 152, Chapter 7 of the Constitution lists the objects of local government and... Um, in, in subsection one, the objects are listed as to provide a democratic and accountable government to, for local communities, ensure the provision, provision of services to communities in a sustainable manner, to promote social and economic development, to promote a safe and healthy environment, and to encourage the involvement of communities and community organizations in the matters of local government. And uh, subsection two, states that a municipality must strive within its financial and administrative capacity to achieve the objects as set, as set out in section one. The first issue that has been raised is the lack of support of municipalities to the ECT sector and other children's services with regard to provision of infrastructure, land, sport and recreational facilities, security as well as basic services, water, sanitation and electricity. In response, Chepesin, we wish to raise that Municipalities' support to ECDs include the following. Facilitating their permissions to operate, offer rudimentary services, including access to municipal recreational parks and where sites are properly zoned and developed in line with local planning schemes. Offer access to basic supply of services like water and sanitation. In most smaller municipalities, electricity supply is a shared responsibility with their it's a shared responsibility with ESCOM and, and users uh, would have to apply for a connection point and pay for their consumption. Municipalities would in turn offer assistance to any applicant or application submitted to its offices in line with its applicable administrative policies and supply protocols. Municipalities facilitate ad hoc support based on available funds with their limited grants, that is from the equitable share. Collaboration with the Department of Social Development is one of what we do. The challenges uh, that we face are with provision of land in strategic local, I'm sorry, in strategic localities for many of local government competing development priorities. This is attributable to the scarcity of land in the custody of municipalities. As such, Salga has been lobbying in the IGR space, e.g. the Interministerial Committee on Land and other platforms. We have the following positions adopted giving of first right of refusal to a municipality when a state entity or organ is disposing land in our municipal areas, incorporating of municipalities as primary consulted bodies when state is disposing and redistributing its land assets, continuation or rather continuous capacity of 
um, municipal planning tribunals with upskilling and resources to better manage land development administrative functions. Salga has collaborated with other government departments like COCTA and the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development for the provision of support to municipalities to conduct land audits and develop tools to support municipalities to fully comply with SPLUMA requirements, the Special Land Use Management Act, implement strategies based on, based on the SALGA proposed land assembly guide to assemble, redistribute, and dispose of land assets in its jurisdictional areas. The functional areas, that is roles and responsibilities of local government, which are safety and security include the following, development and enforcement of bylaws which impact on spatial and land use, regulation of space, safety and regulation of public spaces and amenities, management and maintenance of public amenities, targeted crime and violence prevention, programs for the ECT centers, including shelters for other vulnerable groups. Salga, in partnership with JIZ, the Violent Crime Prevention Section, have developed a draft position paper on community safety within local government. That addresses, among other critical issues, the role that bylaws play in ensuring that communities are safe in all aspects of their existence. The position paper calls for a revision of bylaws to ensure that no, not only are they regulated and controlled, but they're effectively implemented and understood by all members of the respective communities. And the current scenario, Chairperson, is that there is overall weakness in local government in this and the position paper that is being developed to be implemented for the next five years. Salga has also partnered with the Private Security Industry Regulation, CIRA, as it sees the role that the private security has in preventing loss and or damage to municipal infrastructure is extremely important. Due to the smaller number of police versus the private security industry, it makes it virtually impossible for the police to be visible in the public spaces mm -hmm. in the same manner the private security industry is able to. The focus of private security remains crime prevention, whereas police maintain public order, enforce the law, prevent, combat, and investigate crime. The partnership not only focuses on the capacity building of municipalities, but in introducing innovative ways that municipalities can secure and guard their infrastructure. The MOU will further emphasize the need for compliance with the regulations for the security industry. The second issue that was raised, Chairperson, is on exorbitant municipal bills charged to ECD centers. And our response to this, Chairperson, is that municipal funding frameworks create an expectation of raising own revenue to complement the limited grant funding. To do so, municipalities are expected to, cha to charge for the services that they provide without making profit. The tariff for municipal service charges form part of consultative budget processes and are adopted annually. The tariff formulation framework that is followed by municipalities demands that they arrive at cost reflective tariffs, which would enable the institutions to offer services sustainably and not charge less than the actual cost of services as this will cause unfunded budget and compromise the financial health of the institution. And to this, Chairperson, you would know that most of the municipalities are financially unviable because of lack of collection of revenue and non-payment of services. As Salga acknowledge and are aware that the challenges of our poor economic growth levels has made it difficult for many citizens to have access to employment and financial resources. This is a situation that we think would require more 
um, intergovernmental relations partners like in the local government sector, national treasury, and the Department of Social Development and the donor communities to engage and find solution. It cannot simply be resolved by adopting no cost reflecting tariff because they are deemed exorbitant by some customers. On the third issue, Chairperson, on um, again, on exorbitant fees charged for rezoning of land and stringent bylaws, we wish to respond as follows that there are unavoidable costs to municipalities that underpin the provision and administration of town planning schemes. Some of them are born out of legislative demands placed to municipalities by SPLUMA and other applicable town planning regulatory frameworks and schemes. The zoning and town planning development, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the zoning and town planning development control by bylaws are made to protect public interest and to ensure orderly development and rule of law. These laws are at times restrictive to activities that are inconsistent with the adopted special development frameworks and town planning schemes. This does not, however, make them stringent only to one sector, that is the early child development sector, but rather to all citizens that must comply with local bylaws. There is no evidence that we have seen so far which seem to suggest that any of the existing municipal bylaws are targeting ECDs and made to skewly to bias against them. Salga would be the first to accept and encourage our members that where such examples exist, those pieces of zoning schemes and applicable bylaws should be revised. On the fourth issue, Honorable Chair, delays from municipalities in issuing documents needed for the registration of ECT centers. And we have to respond as follows that the health surveillance of premises, which is where we come in, in terms of issuing um, the, the, the certificates is, is um, through the municipal health services. And the program of health surveillance of premises is one of the nine key performance areas under this uh, uh, municipal health services section performed by an environmental health practitioner employed by a district or metropolitan municipality. The function includes ensuring coordination with related functions such as municipal health services, that is waste management, fire, building regulations, issue certificates to confirm that the facility complies with the national and local building regulations, as well as the structural safety, health requirements of the municipality. The national norms and standards for environmental health do not allow EHPs to issue a certificate of health compliance to early childhood development centers for partial compliance. As such, ECT centers that are not fully compliant with these norms and standards for environmental health cannot be issued with certificate needed for registration of an ECT center. Furthermore, many of the ECT centers are operating on ERFs which are not zoned for ECTs and in proclaimed areas as per different municipalities, I'm sorry, different municipalities land use um, schemes and therefore not meeting the requirements for issuing of health certificate. Even if these premises were to meet the set requirements without, uh, um, set requirements without proper land use rights, they cannot be issued with the health certificate in the case of environmental health requirements. The current available remedy is for ECD owners or operators to apply for rezoning or consent use depending on the size of the ECD. Upon inspection of an ECD center, the environmental health practitioners issue a report detailing their findings and areas that needs to be remedied by the owner before a certificate of compliance can be issued. 
while the provision of childcare facilities is a constitutionally allocated function in terms of Schedule 4B of the Constitution, there is no clear funding grant to support the mandate. Municipalities must draw from their equitable share grants to co-fund and from their own revenue. Any actions or priorities in their IDPs dealing with the support to the ECDs, this will always be against competing priorities. This is part of a problem in ensuring sustainable performance of the function. What follow committee is requested uh, as I close chairperson, that if, if, if on, the, on, the, on, on, on the engagements, there are specific instances where uh, certain municipalities were picked during the hearing that were, were really not in compliance with um, the explanation that we have given. We would like to assist in engaging them to unlock the challenges and with the help of the information available from on the portfolio committee, if we could get those specific specifics, then would definitely um, help to unlock those bottlenecks. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you, thank you, Nozi. Uh, uh, it was brief and to the point. Um, then, after the briefing, are there any additions from your colleague? I don't think so. They will be. No, no there won't be any additions, Chairperson. Yes, because it's the presentation that you have given to us that we are doing. Yes. Can I check? Can I check with the members? Um, here are the hands. Um, I see Aris. I see Honorable Abrams. I see Honorable uh, Mangani and Kizela and Paul Nita. I'll be the last one. Thank you. Can follow that sequence. Over to you, Honorable Members. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I'm not going to be long, I promise you. But I want to find out from Sanga, Salga what measures does they have in place to monitor and ensure uh, that the municipality fulfill their obligations in terms of what is in the legislation in terms of ECD. And then also we did hear a lot in the public hearings about land. And um, she did touch on that. But our, um, my suggestion would be that within their spatial development plans, that they must at least make provision that in each and every ward in the country, that there's land available for ECDs. And then also um, in terms of the municipality also do very little for disabled people. And I want to find out what measures they have in place to ensure more is being done in terms of ECDs, in terms of accessibilities to facilities, and specifically also sanitation facilities to people that is living with, with, with disabilities. Um, and then also in terms of the obligation, in terms of crime, pre crime prevention, uh, crime and prevention programs. And I want to find out from them what, uh, what measures do they have in place to ensure that at least at ECDs, because we did hear also in the public hearings a lot about gangsterism 
and drug abuse, etc., that you know that is going around there where the ECD facilities are. And I want to find out what crime uh, um, prevention programs or measures they have in place to ensure that those people at the ECDs are safe. And then also, I want to find out as ECDs are registered NPOs, I want to find out from them. Um, why is it that ECDs cannot automatically go on equitable shares? Thank you. Uh, the, thank you, Honorable Aris. The next one is Abrams. Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to Salga for the presentation. Um, Chairperson, I would like to know um, what child protection units um, exist within the municipalities, if any. For example, do municipalities have um, units um, that focus on street children? Um, and if maybe after um, our committee meeting, they can send a list of those municipalities that do have child protection units. And the reason I'm asking this chairperson, because I'd like to understand how SALGA, um, you know, um, gives effect and implementation to the Children's Act when it comes to the protection of children. And I would also like to know, you know, um, what does the social worker capacity um, look like in the various uh, municipalities and they can, you know, provide that um, information after the presentation because I'm not too sure they'll have that. Then, Chairperson, um, as we know, at, at local government level, um, basic education um, does not sit um, with local government, um, whereas um, we heard um, there is a health and community service um, function at local government. So I'd like Salga to um, explain to us how they see um, come next month um, with the ECD migration to education, how the municipality is planning to engage with um, basic education to once again give effect to the Children's Act and then at a later stage also, you know, give effect to that um, second um, bill that's going to be coming up on, on ECDs. You know, my understanding is that they will have to enter into MOUs or SLA agreements with education. But because education is not a local government function, how does Salga and the municipalities plan to give effect um, to this bill? Then, Chairperson, it's understandable that norms and standards exist um, in order to keep our children safe at ECDs. Um, but what often happens is that ECDs, you know, spring up where community members, you know, may see a need um, to take these children into their care and into um, an ECD. And I would like to understand, um, well, to hear from Salga, if they support um, the ECD sector's call, um, you know, to do away with this one-size-fits-all model when it comes to norms and standards. Because, for example, we take the issue of parking bays. Not all ECDs uh, or ECD programs, let me rather say that, will require, you know, three, five parking bays if they are just having a play group established and then the number of children aren't um, that high. Because as we know, Chairperson, without that um, registration or conditional registration, ECDs can't access subsidies 
um, from government. So I'd just like to hear from them if they would um, support the ECD in that. Then also, Chairperson, I would like to hear from Salga. Um, the substance abuse um, portfolio, they have something called ALDACs, you know, the local um, drug action committees that report to substance abuse forums. And I'd like to understand if maybe, um, you know, if the ECDs forums cannot be formalized um, in the same way the ALDACs are formalized, just to give strength and, you know, a bigger voice and a more, um, you know, structure to those ECD forums. Um, then, Chairperson, um, okay, I've touched on that. I'd also like to know, and they can provide this afterwards, you know, what is the municipal budgets that they give to ECDs? And then, Chairperson, um, I would also like to know if Salga can then provide us with a list of costs of, you know, what do these zoning and clearance certificates and health certificates actually cost ECDs if there are thresholds, if it is, uh, you know, means tested based on the ECD's um, income. Um, so if they can also provide that list, you know, maybe after the meeting, they don't have the information. And then just um, lastly, Chairperson, I do hope that Salga is going to be invited to our meeting on the 9th of March, where we talk about um, the migration from DSD to DBE, um, Chairperson. And then lastly, maybe this is for social development to take note of, but I find it very concerning, Chairperson, that when I look at our last annual report, every single province chairperson sent back money from the ECD conditional grant. And as we heard in the public meetings, there are so many ECDs that are struggling financially with their infrastructure costs. And I just think it's, it's quite shameful that the provinces, you know, sent back money, um, sent back this ECD conditional grant that they didn't... Um, use the entire budgets. Um, thank you, Chairperson, that is all. Alex, thank you, Alex. Uh, Honorable Mangai. Thank you very much, Chair. And I also thanks the Salga presenter. Uh, it was just straight to the point. But I want to ask um, just to maybe to get clarity from them. I understand that uh, 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 land. I'm sorry, land I have that, not. Uh, am I the only one that has been cut off? I, I did not get the first part of Honorable Manganya's question. There was a moment. Honorable Mangani. Yes. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for that. I'm saying. Chair? Yes. I'm saying when we were on public hearing in Tswane, the, the people specifically from Bokonhout, 
they were complaining about the, they don't have sites for their uh, ECD. They can't even register because when you register, you need to have the, 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 the site or the stand site. So um, I just want to know what is uh, SALGA assisting the municipality because that land that they have occupied in Tswani is not for the municipality or the chieftaincy, it's for the, the owner of the stand because that uh, place belongs to individuals that they were collectively have bought the land. So I just want to know how uh, Salga can assist the municipality to solve this issue of land so that even children from uh, Bokonhout should uh, have a right to attend the crutches. And then the other one, uh, I wanted to know uh, what is the relationship I understand is IGR. I want to know specifically if Salga uh, having this uh, mutual or relationship with the 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 Khosi or Mahosi or chiefs, because most of the land belong to in the rural. I'm speaking as a rural somebody, uh, because most of the time when we speak, we speak about the township and the towns we forgot to talk more about the, the, the most vulnerable people in the rural. Those are the ones that need to be assisted. So I just check how is their relationship with the chiefs. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Mangani. And the next hand is Gisela. Followed thank by Cornita. Thank you. Thank you. Over to you. Thank you, Chair. Um, I'd like to know from Salga, are there sufficient environmental health practitioners within the 44 districts to deal with the hundreds and thousands of ECD programs? If I take a Namakwa district, my district, for example, my district is bigger than most provinces, but we only have one environmental health practitioner. So I'd like to know, are there sufficient environmental practitioners within the 44 district to assist, to assist the ECDs. And then how many of the 226 local governments currently does have bylaws in place to assist ECDs? And regarding the land issue, are there plans in place to assist the municipalities with their land audits? I know there is a lot of vacant land from other state departments like public works that lays dormant and there's also land that has previously been given to churches and yet not utilized. So I'd like to know what plans do you have in place to assist municipalities with the land audits. Then the issue of the budgets Alex Zander touched on, I want to know um, do the municipalities have the financial and administrative capacity to fulfill this mandate? And what support from whom 
would they need to effectively fulfill this mandate chair? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Paul Polnit. Yeah, um, yes, Chair. And then um, we will be followed by Honorable Masango. Hey, I'm, I'm going to put my video off because I'm having a problem in storming here the outside. So I'm sitting in my car because in my house I can't hear anything. Um, but the thing that I want to ask, um, um, Chairperson, the ECDs, a lot of time there's rezoning in the municipalities. And then the, 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 the owners of the ECDs are not being notified that there's a rezoning. And then I had a case last year where the owner um, only uh, found out in the newspaper that the, that the land where the ECT center is, is for sale. And the owner didn't have that kind of money to, to, to bid for the land. And the only thing the municipality told, told this lady is that she must bid for it. I had to go to um, a legal aid to say, but you cannot remove this lady. She's been here for more than 20 years. And I want to know what is Salga saying about the rezoning. And the other thing I want to say Jay, is that the ECDs, some of the ECD centers are sitting on spaces where, where, where there's no security. And, 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 and because of the drug uh, problem that we're having in the communities, that these ECD members, the, the staff is basically, their lives are in danger because they cannot afford to buy, uh, to have a security at the ECD centers. What is Solga saying about that? And then my other question is that recreational centers for the children. In all the areas in the municipalities, there's no recreational centers for the children. That is why our children are getting involved in drugs and teenage pregnancies and all these things. What is the, the view of Saga about that? And then the parks, um, uh, Chair, is that the parks have been vandalized. They are not being maintained. There is nothing happening in the parks. Children can't even play in the parks because the drug dealers are taking the, the parks over. What is Saga saying about that? And then there's a lot of bylaws in the municipality. But the bylaws are not being taken uh, serious because at the board, they will say no dumping. There's not a dumping site. But people will dump on that site because mm -hmm. no one has been taken to task on, on, on that area. Um, um, I'm to so, just uh, that I'm in a meeting. Let's quickly talk. Yes. So, 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 so there's the bylaws are there, yes, but there's no enforcement of the bylaws. They will take it up. I'm out of town. And then I also want to know the function of law enforcement, because even though law enforcement is there, they sit in the office the whole day, the only time that they are busy is when people are being evicted, but all the other laws are not being enforced, you know. Um, so I want to know what is Salga doing about that one as well, because um, things are happening in the communities and law enforcement is known to be found. And the rezoning, and, and we keep on talking about the spatial development, but it's not happening in the municipalities. It's been in Mangahung for more than 20 years that they're going to have the spatial development. But till now, 
um, nothing is happening within Mangahung itself. And if we talk about health and safety, um, we're having an issue in Mangahung where Surich has been running for months and months and um, Mangahung is doing nothing about it. Our children's lives are at risk because they can get TB and, and all this sickness um, that is running around, running stomachs and all these things. Um, what is Salga saying about it? Because they see that the things are not happening within the municipalities, but Salga is quiet. It's only when it comes to um, these conferences and when they have to make a law or something, then you hear Salga. But basically, Salga is not really the watchdog of the municipality. They're not doing anything when it comes to things happening in the municipality. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, thank you, Jose. You're a polnit, polnit. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, I, I think I've got only a comment on this because you have asked uh, questions that are really relevant and reliable, the one from the communities. I just want to say to Salga, knowing that at least there are new councillors, that is new ward councillors, which I think they are not really aware whether uh, they have to work closely with the ECDs. The challenge that we are experiencing, uh, it's, it's, I think it's the councillors that are really not aware. Can't they try in their meetings uh, try to, and the AIGR platform is also one of uh, the, the, the platform that assists people to be aware of some of other things. Really, when the councillors are not aware on how to, to deal with this, they will just uh, refer communities or practitioners pillar to post and post to pillar. That's what we got from the public hearings. As a result, as we were amending the bill, we were having a clear direction in telling the communities that infrastructure belongs to the municipality. They need to have, to have a, I would say, a good relationship with the municipalities so that they can go to municipalities, for the assistance. So, yeah, we understand because the new councillors haven't yet put on board. So, now that's my comment, honorable members. Let's. Oh, 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 Okay, Honorable Masango. Thank you so much, we Chair. We'll be the last one, and then we have to give over to Salga to answer. Thank you so much, Chair. I also would like to thank Salga for this presentation. I also appreciated how straightforward the presentation is because it opens our eyes as we uh, seek to um, lend the ECD, uh, sort of uh, the, 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 the plight of the ECDs that we, we, we heard during the national public, uh, provincial public hearings and also at the international level. The, the question that I have 
um, and it comes from the clarity that, that one got from the presentation. Salga is merely saying that the, 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 the exorbitant charges or uh, uh, monies that are charged to the ECDs that they cannot afford, um, that, that is not from my reading of the presentation and, and listening to the, the presenter earlier on. My, my reading was that Salga is saying these, these charges that we are charging are, 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 are reviewed every year. They, they, they are staying, they're not going anywhere. And also we are charging a, a cost. Uh, so the ECDs must just try and, 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 and get this money to, to be able to, to pay those, those charges. Uh, so that for me is an eye opener in the sense that we need, uh, or at least the, uh, the basic education department needs to sort of seek to solve this problem because obviously we have a huge problem on the ground and uh, the, the children need to be in ECDs and the ECD centers or the ECD owners do not have the, the requisite sort of resources to be able to, to conform to the national standards, norms and standards, to be able to have these certificates issued to them. I just think that this presentation for me was a very clear-cut presentation that is taking us back to the drawing board as, um, in fact, the, the, um, the, the Department of, 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 of Basic Education and the Department of Social Development needs to go back to the drawing board and see how they can actually unlock or, or make sure that at, at a local level, the ECDs are given a conducive space to operate where they will not have to pay the kinds of monies that they were telling us they are having to pay. But also, Chairperson, uh, I just heard, I think it was mentioned maybe two or three times where I heard that the issue of ECDs and their needs on the ground has to go uh, uh, get into the queue of the other competing priorities. And I am asking a question, when are the ECDs going to be prioritized and, and, and other people or other services have to be told that they cannot get uh, the budgets because the ECDs are now being a, 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 a priority for the, for the local government. Because if, if, if we were to take this presentation as is, it does say to me that there is not going to be anything that's going to, going to be done about charges that are being charged. There's nothing that's going to be done about the certificates that are so difficult to get. There's nothing that is going to be done about securing land uh, in, in a, a sort of um, lenient, if you like, uh, or, or an adapted way for the ECDs to get land so that they can have their, their centers uh, established. So Chair, for me, I think this presentation is, is, is throwing the ball back into our courts or even into, into the courts of the departments to say, we have to do something so that these ECDs can actually find a, a sort of some space to operate at, at a local level. The other questions that the colleagues have taken care of, but I just would like to, to thank Salga a lot 
for such a, a sobering a presentation as it were. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Masangu, can we then give over to Salga? Honorable Chairperson and honorable members, I appreciate the questions that have been raised um, and some beyond the four issues that you came to present. But I guess that then this becomes a session where we get to understand and um, maybe to get to even understand where some of the issues raised are coming from. I appreciate it. To start with the first one, Honorable Chairperson, I, I just would like to take time to go through them all from Honorable Aris that says, how do we ensure compliance of municipalities and, um, and, 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 and in terms of the functions that are required of them? Honorable Chair, on this one, Salga is also responsible as part of its mandate to support municipalities indeed to, so that they are able to achieve what they are required to do. And to that end, we have working groups at the provincial and national level. And at the provincial level, the working groups are attended by all MMC or, or rather members of, of the mayoral committees or ex-co members that belong to the community services function and all the other, uh, um, other, other functions of local government. And so it is through those working groups that we bring sometimes even specialists to actually uh, uh, present to municipalities by way of guiding. And, and, and we, we are able to also zoom into some of the issues where there are serious problems and, 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 and where municipalities are seeking for support, then we're able to come in and support. Again, Chairperson, uh, sometimes it becomes difficult to, to impose support. It is easier to support a municipality that has requested for support that is structured exactly where it needs to be requested. Because if you just come and impose support, then you get resistance at that level. So we do try to engage with our municipalities and where we're picking up problems, especially from the IGR engagements that we do, were able to then uh, assess municipalities. It is not easy, and um, we are struggling sometimes in some instances. Then uh, I think I think I have explained as far as the provision of land is concerned uh, for ECD to say all municipalities have special development frameworks, and uh, in 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 the special development plan that are adopted as part of the IDP annually. And um, all pieces of land, all, all, all settlements that are planned, there is a spread of ECD allocation across the landscape. And so, so, so from the town planning perspective, all pieces of land uh, or, or settlements would always provide for, because now we have moved away from just building settlements without any additional, without integrating the services that, that would be required by those that are living in that settlement. So um, um, integration is happening. And especially in the newly planned settlement, especially in, in the existing special development plans that you will find in our IDPs. Again, some of the IDPs, I mean, some of the ECD centers would emerge outside the, the requirements or rather outside the areas zoned for ECD centers. And that is where then the ECD, uh, the ECD owners have to apply for rezoning of the of the area because if 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 it is not zoned for for that function, then.
then 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 they're, they're able to apply for the, for such zoning and a number of considerations will be taken uh, uh, into before such uh, uh, an ECD is allowed. It must comply definitely to the norms as, and standards as required to the building regulations uh, 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 that are there for, the, for, for compliance in the municipalities that are also adopted as part of um, the bylaws uh, against which then the municipality will enforce compliance. And, um, and then of course, the, 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 the norms and standards for health that the environmental health practitioners get to also monitor on, on an annual basis uh, uh, sometimes, and I'll talk to why uh, on, on the question that has been raised uh, in terms of that. Access to facilities, in particular for the disability sector. Facilities in terms of all municipalities, I presume, on a, a, a risk. Um, of course, the Department of Labor, uh, we, we, working with municipalities, and, and this is something that as Salga, we've also been influencing municipalities to change and adapt their buildings to meet the standards that would that would ensure that there is access. And um, depending on the resources and, and, and then me me mechanisms are made for municipalities to, to get access. Some of the municipalities where there have been stairs to get to buildings have, have, have developed uh, lifts, have, have constructed lifts uh, uh, where, where the, the buildings are multi-storied. And, and, and so there is still, it is still work in progress. It is not yet perfect in all the settings, but mechanisms to come and meet the stakeholders and the community members where they are in order to, to speak to the, to, the, to the person they would have wanted to speak to are made in municipalities. And on crime uh, uh, sanitation facilities, of course, um, honorable chairperson, where, like, like, especially in, 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 in urban settlements, where, where any settlement that is that is that 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 is established or that is there, uh, um, then then there is there is a system already in place in terms of the underground uh, uh, services, your water and electricity, and, and 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 so access to to such then would be available. But then there would be informal settlements, uh, city centers that are in in informal settlements where there are no such services. Municipalities are at different levels of implementing this in terms of upgrading the informal settlements. And depending on their plans, again, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 that is where they are at to in, in terms of providing the waterborne facilities, they would, through the district municipalities that are the provider and, and authority of the sanitation services, water and sanitation services, then they would establish temporary pit latrines whilst the water born system is not yet installed in a place. And again, that is depending on the varying uh, amount at which the budget for such is allocated in a, in a municipality at a given financial year. On, on crime prevention, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, of course, uh, crime prevention is a nightmare in all of our, in, in fact, it has gone beyond just the urban settlements, even in rural areas, crime is a serious concern. And at a municipal level, um, we we have what is called a security cluster, which is an IGR structure, uh, where wherein the, the 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 municipal police, which are available in metros, in the case of metros, uh, the eight metros have municip a municipal police department, and you don't really have that in the rest of the other municipalities. Um, in, in, in district municipalities, the function, I mean, in local municipalities, the, the only law, the, the law enforcement function that is related to the police function 
relates to traffic control and uh, as well as then the enforcement of bylaws by peace officers. Now, as far as crime is concerned, then crime becomes a responsibility of the South African police services. And so we engage with, with subs and we assist through the ward councillors in the, in, in the participation, public participation fora to ensure that they are working a community policing forum. And as I've reflected in the, in, in the, in, in the, in the presentation, we're also now working with the civilian police secretariat to establish community safety forum and to kind of institutionalize community safety as it is affecting every aspect of municipal planning. Uh, if you're planning for, 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 for sports facilities, then you should factor in community safety. If you're planning for any project, community safety should be factored in. So we've developed a position paper that uh, we are now going to be taking to municipalities um, uh, for implementation and, and, and phasing it in during the five years. And that is the work that we're doing with the GIZ. And, and of course, gangsterism is one of the, of the concerns. So what councillors, uh, as part of their subcommittees, they do have then the, the, the safety and security uh, subcommittee, then that works with the security cluster in terms of bringing or rather uh, uh, trying to resolve with the community the crime-related problems that are affecting not only ECT centers, but generally um, uh, uh, um, the community. Uh, now, on, on ECGs as NPOs getting automatically uh, um, the equitable share, again, um, I, I, I understand the question from Honorable Aris as saying that the, in a municipal setting, you would have your, 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 your equitable share budget allocation ring fenced for ECG. And I think that is what the question is saying. Uh, so, so that would be the only automatic mechanism then to have uh, then the, the ECGs getting direct access. But then again, the equitable alloc allocation would, um, currently it is, it is not ring-fenced for ECD. And uh, so it is dependent uh, because we do not, uh, from the equitable share allocation, we, 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 we municipalities would, on the basis of the priorities, distribute the, the funding accordingly. And, um, and, and then um, the allocations would be made from that as well as from the own revenue. And I think that is reflected also in the presentation. And, um, and perhaps then uh, with national treasury, that is something that can be discussed at, uh, both maybe at an IGR level with GSD, DBE, as well as the ECT sector. Then um, Honorable Abrahams has, has talked of uh, asked about child protection units uh, in municipalities and requested that we provide information in terms of their existence. Again, this is um, in, in metros, uh, you would find such, and, and, and it is a function that is also shared, uh, that, that is led by the municipal police, the metropolis in this instance. But um, in, in the district and local municipalities, this function is mainly the responsibility of SAPS. And as such, then uh, the, the local municipalities would cooperate with SAPS in terms of that. And again, the structuring of the municipalities uh, at a local level is, is such that the, 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 child, the children are under the special programs unit in the offices of the executive mayors and mayors. And as such, become a function that is uh, catered for 
in terms of, of, of that office. But um, when you go to metros, then you will find a social development um, a directorate or unit. Uh, and, and, and now I've learned that in some metros, the, the, the social de development unit is merged with community services. And, and, and then there would be a desk that is focusing on children. So it is in metros where you find that the ideal situation where children actually get a, a focus on. But when you go down to districts and municipalities, it is a function that, that rests under the special programs unit in the offices of the mayors. Now, um, so, so, so uh, we, we will have to then, Honorable Abrahams, then uh, just uh, get um, information from the metros in terms of the existing uh, uh, centers, child protection centers uh, uh, in municipalities. As I've said, they're mainly run by, by subs working with the Department of Social Development. Then again, um, how does SALGA uh, give effect to the Children's Act in terms of protecting the children? And, and, and again, um, I, would, I, would, I would have to then uh, make reference to the community safety forums that uh, through the SALGA position on community safety, we are going to form. But currently, the current arrangement is simply through the, 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 the community policing forums that where SABS is working with the communities and councillors and what committees are part of such to ensure that the community policing forums are effective, but they become a responsibility of SABS and we become a stakeholder as local government in terms of that. And what councillors then tend to chair, as I've indicated, that subcommittee. And where, um, in terms of the migration of the function to basic education, we are making, uh, we're currently part of the technical team as SALGA with the Department of uh, with, with DSD and, the, and, and GBE in terms of looking into the issues that have been raised on the Children's Amendment Bill and were part of also formulating the Second Amendment Bill. But GBE is yet to convene a session with SALGA that would actually uh, then uh, engage us in terms of uh, 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 the GBE taking over the function and then having then an understanding between GBE uh, and ourselves on how then we're going to work moving forward, as we have been doing with the Department of Social Development over time. And so um, I, 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 I presume then that the MOUs would then emerge out, out of those engagements. Apologies for that. Then on norms and standards for safety, I think a, 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 a key to that is the protection of children to ensure, to ensure that the, the, the building that they, they are in is meeting the, the, the building requirements, which then the, the building regulation regulations of the municipality would, would guide in terms of that. And again, um, as, as indeed, ECDs will spring up when, when needed. And, um, and of course, as SALGA, we would support a differentiated approach on the assessment of the ECDs and uh, depending on the areas that they're operating in. You would have ECDs in rural areas, ECDs in, 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 in informal settlements, and then ECDs in suburbs and ECDs in, in, in towns. And so a differentiated approach would definitely be supported so that you do not have a one-size-fits-all. And I think that that is one of the discussions that we are making, even as we are uh, deliberating into the, 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 the second children's amendment bill. Um, on substance abuse, the, the local drug action committees, this, is, this has just been introduced to, to local government um, we, we had the, the campaign led by Nomza Botlamini, and uh, we have 
in all our provincial conferences, especially to take on board the new leadership of local government, which I must say, um, honorable members, that um, the, the, the current local government leadership is almost 80% new, made up of 80% of new councillors. And so um, the, the, the campaign led by Nomkabo Tamini uh, has been made, they've presented to all our provincial conferences and um, as, as part of the councillor induction program that is also rolling on, we will also be bringing them in into the community services uh, induction for the for the portfolio committees on on community services. So, so so that the offices of the mayors in all municipalities then get to form the local drug drug action committees. And of course, it would be so ideal if ECD forums. Um, would, would be would really be formed and be part of the stakeholders of the municipalities because all the forums um, municipalities get to register all the stakeholders that exist in their spaces at a ward level at a local municipality level and even at a district level it would be great if the ECT forums would then register as a stakeholder within the municipality so that they become attendees to the ITP forums that are chaired by the mayor on a quarterly basis. And then that is where they can be able to have a platform to present the plight of the ECD set sector into the municipality and factor in the issues of ECD into the planning of the municipality as part of the IDP engagement processes. But as a forum, it, it is an ideal situation that they find themselves participating there. And, and so we would encourage to this respect that um, at, at the, the, the governance the, the 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 good governance working group would, would factor in the ECD forums as part of those forums that must be recognized at a local government level. And all they need to do is to, to present themselves into the offices of the mayor in the special programs unit. They get registered in as 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 as, as members of the of the ITV forums of the municipalities, both at a at a ward, local municipality and district and metro levels. Now, in terms of the, the budget, uh, uh, we would have again to come back and, and look into the fiscal and finance committee uh, a section of SALGA to actually get us the statistics in terms of what is the current outlook of the ECD budget uh, in, in, in the municipalities. But honored members, I wish to share with, the, with you that uh, at SALGA, we are also concerned and are taking up issues of ECD. And to that end, we have and understanding we're in the process of, of establishing an MOU with the Nelson Mandela Foundation, which has indicated uh, th as part of their campaign, Bangasali. And so part of that campaign, uh, they are going to help us train municipalities to understand and work with the ECT Center. And with that, we, it is a campaign that we wish to lead in the next coming five years, uh, partnering with the uh, Nelson Mandela Foundation. And of course, um, we would have, you know, Honorable Aris, what, 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 oh, I'm sorry, Honorable um, Abrams, when it comes to the costs and the tariff structures in local government, municipalities as are their own legal entities and they're autonomous and then they, they, they determine their tariffs and their, and, and their budgets uh, 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 based on their own needs, and so you will not have tariffs even on the on on the water and and, and rates uh, uh, and electricity 
um, you would not have municipalities with the same tariffs uh, and, and, and as such. On this one, uh, we would have to maybe get an average cost of what the, the land rezoning fees are like across the country in the 257 municipalities. And we would appreciate then, uh, again, the definitely the invitation to the engagement on migration uh, to the DBE. The next question, Honorable Mangani, is um, on, on the issue of land in, in, in Bogon, in, in, in Tswane, Bogonaunt, I think, for sites for ECD. You see, um, what I, I, I will have to also get into the details uh, of, of what is happening also uh, by checking with the, with the relevant department, with the city of Swana to, to be able to really provide a, an accurate answer on this one. But um, needless to say, there is a differentiation in terms of the, the, the boundary of land between the rural, which is owned by traditional leadership, and the, and the one that is owned by, 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 by the municipality. And then, uh, then for people that have their own land within the jurisdiction of either the rural or traditional leadership, as well as the, the municipal land, then they, 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 they are guided in, in, in an urban settlement by the land use management, a, a, a dispensation of, 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 of that space. And so in terms of the land use management and, and the zoning schemes, then that would guide. And that is why then one would apply to a municipality for rezoning if, if, if a particular piece of land and in terms of where it is allocated does not meet the, the zoning requirements as, 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 um, as wanted, wanting to be practiced. In a, in a rural setting with traditional leaders, all you need to do is to go to the headman and make your application as an ECD. And it is not a difficult uh, 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 question when it comes to, to traditional leadership. And um, in terms of our, 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 our relationship, I guess I will I'll respond in terms of that with traditional leadership in two contexts. The first one is that um, traditional leadership with government in general, in as far as the Special Land Use Management Act, there is a general rejection by the traditional leadership of the Special Land Use Management Act as promulgated by government on the basis that they were not properly consulted as traditional leaders. And they think that municipalities want to interfere in, in governing their, their, what, what should happen into their pieces of land. As Salga, we have had to come it's kind of in between to, to engage with um, traditional leaders because PROMA has been promulgated and now uh, um, um, tribunals have been formed. But now just for municipalities to understand that in their planning processes, especially when they affect the rural spaces, then traditional leaders have to definitely be part of those tribunals and to be trained and to be, so that they are part of determining the developmental needs of the communities in, far as, in as far as those pieces of land are concerned. So in as far as individual municipalities then working with traditional leaders effectively, then that is working in some, in, in some instances. But where municipalities and traditional leaders don't see eye to eye, you'll find that the development then becomes stifled. So it is a work in progress. And um, as she was speaking to Salga at the opening of the conference, also indicated the need to really come and bring in practical solutions and work with Salga during this term to ensure that 
they're sending issues and, and, and matters that are still making them unhappy as far as Puma in is concerned are handled. So we, as far as that is concerned, we do have a, a, a relationship with uh, traditional leaders, although it is not always working very well in all municipalities. Like, for example, when municipalities want to develop a landfill site outside, uh, in, uh, on, on the outskirts of the town, on, on spaces of land that are owned by traditional leaders, it is a challenge because traditional leaders would want proper developments in their spaces, that, especially that are, that are, that are on, on, on the buffer zone into the city. So if you want then to, to put a landfill site in that, then you get to, to be in a fight with, 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 with um, the, the traditional leadership. But those are some of the matters that we, we continuously engaging them on and that individual municipalities get to then engage the traditional leaders as members of their council and the stakeholders well into, into the governance of the municipality. Um, Honorable Oppenman is, is raising a very critical question on EHPs. Are they sufficient? And the direct answer is no. The function is a metro and a district in terms of the constitution. And right now, as we're speaking, um, the World Health Organization ratio is one is to 10,000, one EHP per 10,000 population. But currently, we have an average of one is to 35,000, which is um, highly difficult. And it makes it almost impossible for the environmental health practitioners to render the function effectively and to do the necessary monitoring of the, of the, of the properties and, uh, 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 in terms of assessing the combined standard, such that sometimes the turnaround times is only once a year. They are able to go once a year. And, and, and sometimes they are not even able to see if, uh, 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 to monitor timelessly if the proposed requirements that they had recommended to be instituted have been done. So, so the answer there is um, no. To that effect, we, 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 we hosted a national environmental health in Daba in 2021, in September. As SALCA partnering with the National Department of Health, who are the custodians of the National Health Act, and, and uh, under which then uh, the, 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 the environmental health is under. Even the, the Environmental Health Act is also under the National Health Act. And we are all in agreement. We have also invited National Treasury as part of that and COCTA, because we're not, we're not, we're not looking into the distribution of functions or the allocation of functions. Sometimes because of the failure of districts, because they do not have the resources, again, it goes back to the issue of priorities. And uh, that when municipalities will prioritize services that are revenue generating, and, and would believe that um, when, when allocating human resources and even budget and even tools of trade to the environmental health practitioners, they are not prioritized, although it becomes a function that is actually so critical to, to the health of the nation in terms of containing and, and controlling the spread of, of communicable diseases in the communities and for the general health of the community. This is a very critical function that municipalities should understand. And so we, we were trying to also, in the in the in, the, in, in DAB, bring it to say, we also would want to have this function actually uh, at the allocation ring fenced by National Treasury so that municipalities actually use that allocation. So uh, to that end, we have, um, I, I would share at a later stage with the, with the committee, the findings that we have made in terms of uh, the status of environmental health in municipality, which is very in a, in a precarious condition. And um, between us, the National Department of Health, National Treasury and COCTA, we have all agreed that something has to be done. 
And to that effect, we have adopted resolutions that will guide us as we, as, as we, as we plan in the next five years or now we correct what is currently there on the ground. Then um, in terms of bylaws for ECDs, uh, you know, for the environmental health sector and, and, and then the, 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 the bylaws that are governing environmental health, you would have generally, uh, uh, there are norms and standards as prescribed in the, in the, in the, in the Children's Act. That, 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 that the sector and the municipality know that the sector must comply with. And then there are building regulation standards and bylaws associated therewith. And then there are also environmental health standards, that uh, norms and standards that also all businesses and, and, and sectors in a given municipalities, municipality must comply with. And so in, in terms of that, then um, you get to have then bylaws established. Um, Right now, from off curve, I can't I can't really say how many bylaws we have, but municipalities do have those bylaws. And um, actually, as Salga again, out of concern on the challenges that we see as far as bylaw implication uh, implementation. In fact, we are concerned as all the citizens of the country on the state of lawlessness in the country. And I think all of you, honourable members, are concerned as well as 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 as, as lawmakers as we should all be. And I think our communities are concerned. But then, in terms of the state of lawlessness, there's also the issue of obeying the stated laws. And, and, and bylaws are one of that. And, and, and so, we have, uh, we're working with, um, right now, um, as, as, as part of what we've been doing as well as we're closing this, this term, we've established, we're establishing the, a, a document that actually tells us on the state of law enforcement in local government in terms of what the capacity is, what, are, what the capacity gaps are, and, and, and what law enforcement agencies do we actually have. Uh, 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 like, like I said, when it comes to environmental health, you must have then what you call peace officers that will constantly monitor the, the, the compliance in the facilities. But uh, um, do, do we have that as required? If we, if we have fewer environmental health practitioners as required, by the World Health Organization's norms, then it means even in peace officers, we then have a challenge in terms of the compliance with such. And so um, the work on, on what we're doing on the state of, 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 of law enforcement, as far as bylaws are concerned in the local government sector, is one of the things that we are doing. And, and by the way, we have also, there is, uh, we've also participated in the SAPS amendment bill that has also included municipal police as part of um, the structures of law enforcement, so that at least um, not only uh, metros, but at least municipal police would also be recognized even in secondary cities. And then of course, then uh, guided by the, uh, the, 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 the functions in, in schedule 4B and, 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 and 5B of the constitution in terms of what local government's role on, 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 on law enforcement is. Then, um, on land, I think we have indicated on the plans, on the land uh, audit, uh, that at IGR we're currently working now in terms of to, to support uh, local government in terms of land audit. And um, as, as indicated, land in the custody of municipalities is very minimal. We depend entirely on the on, on, on state departments that, that have land, as, as, as proposed here, 
uh, on, on the challenges. That, that, that to say, where in the interministerial committee on land, we are, we are engaging them to say, give local government the first right of refusal to a municipality when uh, there is a, a, a state or organ or entity that is disposing land in our municipality because most of the land in the municipal space is in private hands or in national and provincial government hands. And so uh, we want municipalities to be co incorporated as primary consulted bodies when there is such a disposal or restitution of a land asset so that we can be able to provide for the plans that would meet the requirements, even including that of those of the ECT centers. And also really the general capacity of our tribunals, spending tribunals, and, uh, and, 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 and generally the, the SPLUMA uh, uh, tribunals that are determining the plans of a town. We would also we definitely want uh, capacitation in terms of those, and that is ongoing. So we, 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 we are hoping that as, as the term is, is rolling out, a land audit through the partners that we are, we are working with would have been completed. But uh, just, just from off the cuff right now, municipal land is very minimal. And it is very difficult for a municipality to plan then on the land available. Uh, we can only squeeze in all the requirements that we have on, on the land that, that is owned by the municipality. And then uh, we get to work sometimes with, the, with those and get to buy from those that, that own uh, land uh, for development who sometimes want to work with the developers directly so that they get the, the, the best price for the land that they own, which is then a challenge. In terms of the financial and administrative capacity to fulfill the mandate and uh, 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 for ECD in particular, and, and, the, and the support required uh, uh, by local government in terms of like, like from whom and where. Honorable Oberman, I, I would have to say here, indeed, we do have challenges. We do have pockets of excellence in local government, where there is um, adequate compliance and adequate fulfillment of the mandate, especially in the city, in, in the city center. And I've said, Metros, although there are challenges in metros, but metros are doing far better in terms of ECT focus. And then uh, we, we then we have to work with local municipalities that are also uh, kind of working. And, and, and then depending on the size of the municipality and the budget available and the demand on the ground in terms of what is required for service delivery, then we have such allocation. And obviously section 156 of the constitution uh, and, uh, and, and draw, uh, uh, coupled with Section 154, and joins national and provincial government to support local government on functions where local government is struggling with. And in this instance, we would have the social, the Department of Social Development that we have been working with over time that would come in and support and allocate funding sometimes and allocate some of the of the budget directly to municipalities to be able to render the function. I, I think, um, um, Honorable Paul Knight, on rezoning, owners not notified on the sale of land where an ECT center is allocated. It would be, it, this is unfortunate, and I guess this is where ECT forums would come in as members participating in the IGP rep forum of the municipality. It would assist the, the ECT forums to be aware of what the municipality is planning. But um, you, you would expect that as a recognized stake, stakeholder, they would also, they qualify for the second right 
of, of refusal or, or, or of offering a proposal if they are found in a specific piece of land. So, so, so definitely, uh, I agree with you, Honorable uh, Paul Knight, that we, we do need, uh, I mean, the intervention that you've made in terms of that ECD center, for example, I hope it did work such that um, uh, whatever the municipality is planning would have considered re either reallocating the ECD or negotiating with those, indicating with those that would be, that, that, that would be the buyers of that land, the, 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 the existence of an ECD center or at least consultation in terms of all those that are participating in that piece of land. So it is definitely something that would, should have been done as a matter of courtesy. The security on, in ECD centers, and generally security, uh, 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 I'll, I'll say, um, would, would municipalities have capacity, given the spread of the, of the ECD centers in the landscape, would they have capacity, for example, to procure security services for all the easy descenders? And the answer I can tell you now is no, it would be very difficult because sometimes municipalities are barely managing to actually secure some of the facilities and, um, and, and we're relying on technology. Hence we're bringing in here the partnership with CIRA and, and, and the partnership with the private sector to also bring in technology so that we use technology as a means or as a mechanism of providing security. And we're hoping that as part of, like, like in metros, it helps that at least cities are part of the broader cities and, and, and then um, where there are CCTV footages. And when you go to rural municipalities, that is very difficult. And then you rely when it comes to crime prevention on SAPs as well as on, um, on the committee policing forums and all the structures that are formed by communities in terms of uh, uh, um, um, the security needs of a, of a particular area. And, and so currently, uh, indeed, um, it is a concern that uh, ECG centers would be caught sometimes in the crossfire of, dra of, 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 drug, of, of gangsters fighting over a territory. And, 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 and then um, metropolis, in, in, in terms of, the, of, of those instances, would come in working with subs. And um, we have also infused in the in the subs amendment bill the the ability of, of of the metro police to also kind of carry out crime investigations because currently we do not have that 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 function it only resides with 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 with, with, with subs but when it comes to the work that we're doing with GIZ in terms of the the, the, the violent crime prevention and 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 community safety we're hoping that the position paper that has been adopted and that we are going to be rolling out and and workshop municipalities and councillors on is going to assist us in terms of that. Uh, I, I totally agree. We have a challenge across the country in, all, in most of the municipalities. The, the pockets of excellence, again, where uh, recreational facilities and parks are actually secure. Some have CCTV footages with even Wi-Fi in the bigger cities. And, and so they, they are really amenable and, and children are able to play in a safe environment. But generally, there is a general attack on the children community in the country, which is a, a serious concern. And you never know now who can uh, uh, abduct a child and harm and kill a child at any given moment because they come dressed in suits. And so it becomes a, a whole community approach to really deal with the issue of the safety of children in communities and, uh, and, and, and local government is at the center of such coordination and such coordination would, have been, would be done 
working with the security cluster as well. It is a challenge indeed uh, that parks are vandalized. And uh, sometimes municipalities do not keep up with the scale at which parks are vandalized because sometimes the first thing to be destroyed would be the lights. And they get to be very expensive to, 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 to restore and maintain uh, given the competing priorities that are there. And, um, and, and definitely, I, I think I, I've spoken to the issue of bylaws that are not taken seriously. It, is, it, 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 it speaks to the state of lawlessness in the country and the, the general disregard to anything law by the, by, by the members of the community at large and at all levels. And it, doesn't, it, it, is, not, it is not just the ordinary members of the community. Everyone uh, in our society will have a general challenge that needs a, a, a mindset in the, in the community. Then um, uh, if the, the law enforcement and, 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 and them sitting in, in offices. Again, this one uh, comes in uh, indeed. Sometimes it does happen, Honorable uh, Paul Knight, that um, the law enforcement officers are not always spread out and visible in communities, largely because of their numbers and sometimes because of their capacities, sometimes because even of lack of the tools of trade. Like um, they would need cars to patrol and sometimes the fleet is just not allowing them in some municipalities. And, and, and so um, it is unfortunate that they would emerge only uh, in those serious uh, instances, but it would be desirable to have uh, the, the, the law enforcement functionaries in a local space visible. But again, we are not responsible for crime prevention per se. That is the responsibility of SAPS. On, on rezoning, and uh, I, th I think we, 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 I was, I've spoken about this, there, 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 there's, there's regulation, there's pluma now, that is, that is kind of uh, swallowed up most of the rezoning schemes that were there. And so through SCUMA, SPLUMA and the other rezoning regulations that are there, uh, definitely special planning is, 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 is I mean, that is utilized. And um, as indicated, all the IDPs, uh, uh, for an IDP document to be compliant, it must have a special development plan and guided by the special development framework in that specific municipality. So all municipalities would have that. Now it becomes uh, incumbent then on those that have an interest to actually find the document and look for the special development framework and what it provides and where necessary would challenge uh, what is lacking in the special development framework in the quarterly IDP forum that would then inform the, revi the, the revision of that framework for the next financial year. The issue of uh, uh, challenges in Mangaung, as far as rezoning is concerned, and 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 and, and development, special development, then then it becomes it, it, it becomes an issue of of governance. Then, in a particular of challenges in governance, just like sewerages. As Alga were concerned, uh, when, 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 when municipalities are unable to prevent leakages, unable to, 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 to intervene and, and stop the sewerage that is spreading on our streets as well as in our water sources. And we always work with our partners that are responsible uh, for, 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 for supporting municipalities where there is a struggle and would get in to, to, to actually look at where the challenges are. In, far, in, in as far as that is concerned. So it becomes a challenge that the general health of the community, is, which is also our responsibility, must be protected by ensuring that there are no sewerage spills. So we condemn that when it happens, definitely. 
And um, I would have to disagree with you, Honorable Member, when you're saying Salga only speaks in conferences. Salga participates and is visible in the IGR platforms, including parliamentary committees, including um, ministerial briefings, including in the NCOP. And uh, we do share our views. And as indicated in municipalities, and most municipalities were hands-on, literally supporting municipalities according to the areas where they have defined the support that they needed. And would rope in and work with the other IGR partners like your national treasury, as well as COCTA, in terms of assisting municipalities where they are needed. We remain the voice and the reliable voice of local government is guided by our mandate in terms of the constitution and we play our role. And we believe so far we are doing well, Honorable Member. And um, we, we, we get municipalities to participate in our working groups and we get to municipal, we, we get to have national and provincial members assemblies in between conferences to make decisions. And we also develop position papers to guide municipalities. And we have what, what we now have as the councillor, which, which is linking to the next question uh, that has been raised by Honorable Masangu and, 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 and elsewhere, uh, and, 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 oh, and by the chairperson to say, how do you deal with new councillors that are coming in? We, we have uh, the integrated councillor induction program. As, as soon as the councils were inaugurated, uh, in November 2021, Salga rolled out an integrated councillor induction program to workshop and train councillors on what is required of them as, as, as public representatives. Uh, and 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 and, and um, in terms of the legislation that guides the work that they're supposed to do, and so that 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 program is almost concluding, and and that was the generic legislation in local government. And, 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 and all the powers and functions of local government. And we've partnered with COCTA and National Treasury and, all, and other partners that are interested to actually roll out that, that induction. And now we are in provinces where that is done. We are now currently getting into actually portfolio-focused induction training. And um, we've decided that in this, this time around, we are going to have the what is called the orientation, the introduction, just to get them to understand that is the portfolio heads and the portfolio committees in municipalities to understand what they're expected to be doing in terms of community services, for example, and in community safety, in social development, in, in, in et cetera, et cetera, those that are responsible for the municipal finances. We get to workshop them on their roles and bring in the, the legislation that affects their operations in the, in the, the IGR partners that they are going to be working with. And we are happy that we're partnering with some of the sector departments in terms of that. For example, for, for municipal health services and, and in, in, in the community services directorate, or, or uh, we, we are working with National Department of Health, with SANAC, with, um, we, we are, I think we, we, have, we have already brought in even DSD in terms of the social development issues. And we are working with a whole lot of other sector departments as partners now in the councillor portfolio induction program. We've done this in the past, but we are kind of consolidating it even more now to be more effective. That beyond the orientation, we then we, have, we, we are developing and have developed induction manuals that would become the handbooks to guide the councillors throughout the term. And, and we'll continue making reference to the handbook as we do training. And we have um, uh, both 
this tra- this kind of training, which is not really accredited, and then we're bringing in accredited training from other service providers that would uh, kind of incorporate some of the key functions to ensure that they understand exactly what they need to do. Then, um, so, so, so we are working in terms of uh, uh, with the IGR partners to definitely develop counselors and get them to understand. There is an issue or, or raised that um, sometimes, okay, the understanding. So, so we're hoping that now at this stage, all one, all what counselors understand their roles because it has been infused in, 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 in the first phase of the counselor induction program. So they all understand their roles now. And, um, and critical to that role is that they're actually mayors or presidents of their communities, so to speak, and they're leaders of government in their communities and they should co- coordinate government work in their communities. And, and be able to be respond to, to be able to respond to the community on all the government functions that are actually taking place in their wards. That is the emphasis that was made in the induction program. Then, um, indeed, indeed, on on the I appreciate um, we, we try to focus on the questions as requested. So appreciate the the, the 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 comments by the members in terms of our our presentation being being straightforward and. Um, our, our responsibility is to give an overall picture of what the mandate of local government is in the respective function. And then it becomes then the function of the ECD forum in, an, in individual municipalities. But I, I'll, I'll tell you, as, as Salga have coordinated as well the ECD sector, we're working with Abo Tessa uh, and, and, and also trying to get into where the areas of difficulties are as far as the ECD sector is concerned so that we can be able to intervene with municipalities, and we have convened joint sessions, se- uh, joint sessions as Salga with the ECT sector and, and and municipalities to actually raise those issues where the ECT sector gets frustrated in their operations in municipalities. And um, in terms of the tariffs, obviously that would have to be an understanding established between the forum uh, uh, of the sector and the municipality. But generally, when it comes to the tariff structure. Then it becomes the it becomes then the responsibility of a, of individual councils to, to determine the tariff structure and where they would waive the tariff structure based on on what has been required or, or rather requested on the on the operations on the ground and so I guess uh, the ECD the plight of the ECD also would not be a one size fit all in terms of such a waiver where where in a, a municipality that would be allowed so such a waiver would then be determined on a case-by-case basis, and then uh, uh, such would then uh, be a council resolution that would be outside because council council determines the tariff structure. So it would be by council resolution that there would be a waiver of the tariff structure of certain sectors of the of the community with reasons, good reasons that would be given as motivation. And and, and, and so apologies then, um, I, I, I did not... Pre- we, we presented not 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 to appear to be intransigent to the needs of the ACT sector, but to to reflect what the legislation is providing in terms of the mandate across the local government sector, and that we, we the, the legislation is not municipalities do not in, intentionally target the ACT sector and 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 to frustrate it per se, but then um, negotiations would have to happen uh, on a case by case basis. And, and our intervention would come in as we engage with the sector as well. Definitely, um, in, w- w- working with the department, I, I totally agree with you that moving forward and being part of the technical committee that uh, the portfolio committee advised that we form with, the, with GPE 
and 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 DSD. At least we are we are trying to to come to agreements. Although then we have to make proper engagements in terms of then um, a, a bringing municipalities on board. We are or, 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 uh, uh, engaging municipalities as we are progressing on the on on the on the second amendment. And of course, they they will still get a chance to comment again once the draft is done. But we have tried to bring in their interests into. Into, into what we are currently formulating as the Second Amendment Bill. But we definitely will have to engage at an IGR level with DBE as we have done with TSD. And again, local government, uh, in terms of the municipalities, would be differentiated in terms of their size and, 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 and budget capacity on, on the interventions that they're able to do. And that is where then Section 154 and 156 would come in from the responsible provincial and national department to support and rescue the function where local government is struggling to fulfill its mandate in terms of that. Honorable, oh, okay, it looks like, okay. Um, um, I think on, okay, the queue of priorities, yes, yes, yes. It, it remains that, uh, unfortunately, uh, there is a queue of priorities, and um, depending on 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 the needs as determined in the IGP consultations in the municipality, uh, ECD and 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 the vulnerable groups are that. But we are really working hard, and Mandu is going to come in here in terms of the frameworks that we are establishing to mainstream vulnerable groups, so that their interest their interests take precedence. In the planning of the municipality, so I would like to then uh, maybe have man to come in and 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 kind of respond in terms of this one. How do we plan on getting vulnerable groups uh, 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 getting the focus they deserve in the processes of the municipality? Please come in, Mandu. Okay. Um. Thank you, Nozi. Um. And thank you as well, Honourable Chairperson. And honourable members, I hope, um, yeah, Ono is working. Okay, just um, in responding to what um, Nozis requested me to talk to, what we are developing or working on is an is a framework. We are calling it an integrated framework to assist municipalities to respond to issues of vulnerable groups, and that cuts across in terms of children, in terms of the youth, in terms of women, gender issues in terms of persons with disabilities as well as older persons, uh, because we are currently using the, the um, stats as a definition of vulnerable groups. And um, we are doing this based on the realization that municipalities tend to deal with issues of vulnerable groups as events. So, you know, we're waiting for a youth day and then something gets done, but the actual integration into the plans, budgets and processes of municipalities is still not happening at the scale that we desire. And um, the approach to this framework is that um, we introduce the legislation to the municipalities that talks to um, you know, the, the particular vulnerable group and also outline what is it that the municipalities need to be doing around in, in that space. And then uh, what we then did further over and above was to then engage with sector departments to say, please assist us as SALGA. 
as we work on this document, come on board. This is the content that we have developed. For example, in relation to persons with disabilities, we engage with the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities. Uh, so looking across the, the three areas since they are in the, in the department, please look at the content that we have put together based on the challenges that you are currently experiencing by working with municipalities. What is it that we need to put in place to enable municipalities to understand their role and to ensure that, um, you know, as we build their capacity, it's in line. It's not just general content that 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 just talks, um, you know, in terms of the issues, but exactly in outlining the role. So, in short, honourable members, that is the document that um, Nozi is referring to, and it's based on the fact that initially, um, the approach used to be just to have. Um, you know, one 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 framework or guidelines that would talk to, uh, for example, uh, issues of um, uh, what can I say, gender. And we realize that the, when we keep doing that, it's seen as if um, you know, gender uh, or issues of women is just one aspect. And the message that we are just trying to put across is to say, when you talk mainstreaming in particular. And these issues are automatically addressed as you do your plans, as you do your IDPs, as you do your ID, uh, SDPs as municipalities. It's not about providing an additional budget, but by addressing those issues right at the onset, uh, you know, then it means um, uh, uh, the issues of the vulnerable groups, uh, you know, as per the, the categories that I've outlined would be, you know, incrementally included and, and addressed in the plans and processes of municipalities. So in short, um, uh, Chairperson, that is uh, in summary the, the framework that, that we are working on. Can I stop there, Nozi? But I also wanted to say something uh, separately in responding to the, yes. to the, to the, to the questions, just a general um, remark, if I'm allowed. Yes, you are allowed. Oh, thank you, Chair. Uh, I think my, my issue, I think Nozi went through the, the questions, uh, all of them as well, because as she was speaking, I was also checking what I had noted on my side. But I think the request or the recommendation that we're also putting to the, to the committee uh, was to, you know, if it would assist if we get those specific occurrences in relation to, you know, the specific areas, um, you know, so, and then would then utilize the platform that um, Nozi mentioned at the beginning, our governance structure. So if we know that in Pumalanga, these are the areas, these are the issues, and then we can be able to engage through the provincial chairpersons of those governance structures and engaging with municipalities in addressing um, the occurrences that have been um, indicated or mentioned or high, high, highlighted during, during the briefings. And I think that would assist us as well as in terms of monitoring whether there is any progress and how are municipalities responding, where they also need capacity um, in some of those areas and over and above also a, a rope in the, you know, the relevant sector department, be it at DBE or DSD or Department of Health to come on board in terms of um, assisting with those uh, occurrences. Thank you, Chairperson. I think that that is all from my side. Thank you very much, Salva. Can I check whether the honorable members 
would like to have uh, some bites or the follow-ups, can I give that opportunity for the members? Seemingly there is no hand. Oh, I only see a Honorable Masango's hand. Over to you, Honorable. Thank you so much, Chair. Um, I put my hand up whilst um, we were getting the, whilst the Ms. Ma, Malani was getting, was, was, was responding because I realized that she said the framework she's talking about is being worked on. My, my request was going to be, is it available for, for, for us to have a copy of, but I realized that it's being worked on and it probably might be an internal thing that is not for, for members' uh, consumption, as it were. I just need that confirmation, please. Okay. Can you yes. respond, Saka, just to that? Oh, on, on that, Honorable Chairperson, we are, we are finalizing the framework. As soon as we get the input of all the, um, the, the, the role payers and then um, get it adopted by uh, our governance structures internal in Salga, then we'll be in a position to share it. Because um, before we actually take municipalities and, and get it uh, to be sent to municipalities, it must be adopted uh, by the Salga governance structures. Um, so we're, we're hoping that even uh, as, as, as this year is unfolding, um, it, it would be concluded so that by 1st July, we're able to start uh, getting municipalities to implement it. And uh, as, as, as soon as it is ready, we'll definitely share it with the portfolio committee because the portfolio committee has an interest in it, definitely. Okay. Thank you. There is the presentation from Salga Honorable Members. I don't see any hand for now. Maybe uh, honorable members have. Honorable Chair. I will be chair. They are they are Okay. All right. Uh, Lindy, is there anything? That is being left out. No, no, chair. The uh, Salka responded to. We are in your hands to close the meeting. There's nothing else for discussion. Okay. Let me thank everyone in a meeting. Those that managed to join the meeting and those that, like Salga, who presented uh, to us. I don't think the doors are closed by Salga. If there is anything someone thinks about it, we know the procedure and the processes to again forward to Salga to assist us. But the reality of the matter, I could pick it up really. There are things that uh, the presenters can't just say. The, the, the results of the, 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 the answers will be like this. I could pick it up, like in terms of the bills, in terms of uh, the infrastructure, 
because really we were generalizing. We never said uh, this and this, except the one that was raised by Honorable J uh, of Tswane. Uh, let me again once more thank everyone in a meeting, the officials at DST, the, the, the SALGA team, the honorable members, the backup support, everyone is being thanked. Seemingly, uh, it's 11 o'clock now. What time is it? It's 11, eh? AI, we are good. We are just on time. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you, thank you. Bye. Happy Friday. Thank you, Chairperson. Enjoy your weekend. The same Bye. to you. Same to you. Bye, Honorable Members. Happy Friday with these meetings. Hi, Chairperson. <laughs> no. These meetings are not going to be every ah, It's exhausting, man. <laughs> Yo, we are tired. Friday, we do have a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, you're not so afraid. in this, oh, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, I know. I but anyway, have a yeah, good we're weekend. done with these presentations for now. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Leticia. Uh, honorable members, can I end the meeting? We've played the darling. I'm gonna end. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.